It is awesome to be here, as always. Uh, just something about, I think it's awesome uh, when we set the atmosphere. You can just feel God's presence. I don't know how you felt, but I feel that I was on a whole different dimension. And that's how we should always feel. At home, in your car, wherever you are. Amen? Ah, oh, my, my, my. I'm still trying to settle down. Like the song says, you know, caught up in the presence. I just want to just lay in the worship and just allow him to do what he does best. Just ministering love to his children. Amen. Ah. Okay. Thank you, Father. So, um, just one more quick, quick word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence, indeed, that is in this place, Father. Father, we ask that you do, Father, you minister through me, Father God. Speak through me, Father God. Use me as a vessel. And Holy Spirit, I ask for your permission. I ask for your help to minister God's word to God's, to his children accordingly. Father, I don't know what to say. I don't have much word. But Father, through me, Father God, as you always has done and continuously will do, Father God, speak through me, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, the, uh, the series that we, I was supposed to close out the series last week, um, but the Father added one additional ver- um, message. So this one is literally closing it out. I know Apostle said quite often, oh, I'm just going to do 30 minutes. So I am, <laughs> I don't want to lie up there. <laughs> I will try my very best to do 30, but um, I have to remind myself because I know Kirby. (laughs) I know Kirby, and then on top of it, the Holy Spirit moving. It's a whole whole thing. So I will try my very best to be in front of you for less than an hour, but I cannot guarantee They said in the business world, like, it's illegal to promise anything, to guarantee anything. <laughs> if you guarantee something, you know, that's actually, it's, all, you know, it's against the law. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> but we will definitely try our best. So um, last week, I mean, the last, for the past, I would say the past two or three messages, we have been talking about faith. And there's, you know, when it's one of those when it comes to God's word, there is literally, um, um, it's infinite. Like you can, you, you'll give, it just, if you really dig in, you can probably have 500 million words, 500 million messages to preach on one topic because it's just so much, so many ways you can say it. <laughs> and then so sometimes you have to come to a point of, okay, stop. This is what they need. No, that's fine. Um, um, and for closing, to close, we, uh, we're just going to do one last message. Uh, this is our closing message on faith. Um, and the title of it is Got Nothing to Lose. Uh, you 
got nothing to lose. And you probably say, well, and it's very true, um, as God's children, the more and more I, we spent more time in the word, the more and more we find out of, of, of our identity, the more and more we spent more time, we've come to a place of truly understanding. We, it makes more sense when the word says, with the topic, I guess it would make more sense to understand that in reality, you have nothing to lose. Like Paul says, you know what? If I die, it's actually a gain for him. Well, it's, he will actually prefer. But if he stays, it's really for you. And that couldn't be any more truer. <laughs> Though sometimes as you, you know, as believers, when we were looking at it, oh, I still have so much to do in life. Oh, man, I have so much. You know, because we do have a lot of great things that we wanted to accomplish, we wanted to do. But when you're really about Abba's business, then you, if you really, really, when you're about Abba's business, I've come to the conclusion that, Often the reason why we are very unsatisfied and we still wanted to do more, oh my God, so much more to do, is because we don't know whether or not all those things we were doing were part of our destiny. It's more like, hey, you know what? And there's, and if you, honestly, if you're paying attention, if you're looking at life, you will say so much, you, there, you literally feel that there's so much to do. And indeed, it's, that is a reality. Man, I want to buy this. I want to invest in this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, get married. I want to start a family. I want to do this. Like so many, it's just you target one thing and then 500 more. So, but the only way you'll find fulfillment, that's not the topic, topic of our message, but the only way you'll find, a pl- you'll get to a place of feeling that you fulfill everything you were supposed to do is when you are doing his will. Like Paul says, I've accomplished, I've, uh, what's the word? He says that I've fulfilled my task. He pretty much finished the mission that he was on. A, I literally finished the task that I was on. Now he doesn't mind whether he goes or stay. I fulfilled my course. I done it. So when he checked all the lists that the father has planned for him, okay, he, this brother wrote so many books, preached so many in so many churches, he built so many churches. So he, in his heart, knew that he was finished. But most of the time, many of us, we can't really say that. The world can't say that. Even the billionaires, the people that, that you know, accomplished the so much in life, according to our eyes. But most of the time, there's always this emptiness. There's always this, like, man, I, I wish I could have done, I wish I did this. But this brother, he didn't do much, a lot of those things, but yet he said that he was finished. So that's the difference. When we are operating in the kingdom and when we're doing things according to this world system, because this world system is always about the next thing. But let's go back to our topic. <laughs> I just want to put that out there because it's important. Uh, it's very, very important as children of God to know that the only way you'll find fulfillment is when you're in the right course. And that course is only through him. So 
the words, uh, the topic is we got nothing to lose or got nothing to lose. We're going to go um, in. I'm going to actually skip some verses. We're going to go to Hebrew 11 verse 1. <coughs> that would be better. We're going to pretty much read the whole chapter. Well, not the whole chapter, but starting now. So um, through, in Hebrew 11, verse 1, it says, Through faith, the people in the days of old earn a good reputation. And we're going to skip to 8. So that's pretty much where I'm trying to really, really get to, which is our fo- main focus of our message. On he- Hebrew 11, verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by by going out to a place which he was received, which he was to receive for inheritance. And he left not knowing where he was going. Verse 9. By faith, he lives as a stranger in a land of promise. As in a foreigner, I can relate, <laughs> as a foreigner and a limb, <laughs> living in tent <clears throat> with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Verse 10. For he was looking for the city which has foundation, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, verse 11, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life. Since she considered himself, I'm sorry, since she considered him faithful who had promised it. Therefore, even from one man and one who was as good as dead at that, there were born descendants who were just as the stars of heaven and numbers and as the numerous grain of sin along the seashore. Next verse. We're going to skip to 17. The reason why I'm going through, I'm skipping, I'm, I'm not doing the whole chapter is because I just want to point out the specific of, we're trying to touch base on the verses that I really, really wanted. Verse 17, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered, by, offered up Isaac and the one who had received the promise was offered up his only son. It was to whom it was said, through Isaac, your descendant shall be named. The last verse, which is 19. He considered that God is able to raise people. I'm sorry, let me see. There we go. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead from which he has received him back as a type. 
why do we say, why are we going through this verse is pretty much connect with the verse, what we were talking about, that, the topic that we were talking about. The whole concept of this, as you guys already know, is that Isaac, or Abraham, I'm sorry, Abraham received a promise. He received a promise from God at the time, or according to, to the relationship. He received a promise from God that he will inherit. He will receive a promise that he will have many, many nations, descendants, coming from his seeds. But the interesting thing about this is, when I, as I was studying this, I've come to realize you had to have an unshakable, unshakable faith or unwavering faith to believing in him despite of the things that he went through. But the beauty about this is that when we say that we got nothing to lose, when we got to when we get to verse 17, it says that by faith Abraham he was tested, offered up Isaac to the one who had received the promise. So pretty much the father asked him to give him the very same thing that the very much the very promise he was praying for for many many years 25 years he got the promise at 75 which was a shocking to begin with <laughs> but since people back in the day they had a different gene so that's it we're gonna take it up on that but um at 75 he received a promise he was praying his whole life he already put out a level of faith out there. To, hey, you know what? Even though I'm 75, I'm at an age where I can't really have children. The Bible says that he had faith because God told him that that was such. That because God told him that that was the promise that was in his life, he believed it. But then come back down the road... He asked him to give him the very much, the very promise, the very thing that he was praying for, he was believing him for. After 25 years, he asked him to give it back. So in cases like that, you have to come to a place of knowing that, first of all, well, to go back before that, the reason why I can only imagine Abraham in that moment. I can only imagine Abraham, oh, so you asking me to give you the very thing that I was praying for. You told me that this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. You said that there's a whole generation of people waiting on that promise. But yet right now you're telling me to give it back. How do we deal with that? How do we deal with that, right? But my question, or what I've come to understand is, when it comes to the Father, it's always about, it's always, it doesn't matter how many promises he's made, he makes to you. He always, he always want you, 
your priority, your focus, or your love, your attachment to be to him. And that attachment is bigger than even the promise. That relationship is bigger than whatever promise he makes. But when you're thinking about, you're talking about promise, your whole purpose, your whole destiny, your whole life is based on that. Without a purpose, we'd have no reason to be on earth. Without a purpose, there's no need for, to be a Kirby, to be a Ola, Dr. Hardy. There's no need for that. But yet, he is asking him the very purpose. (laughs) I want it back. He says, by faith, he was tested. And if we even go back to 11, verse 11, it says, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive. Even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised it. So she says, you know what? I know I can't do, I can't have children anymore. But because you said so, then I'm taking you up on that offer. And the Bible says that he, she believed also. <laughs> and honestly, you can really think about uh, how would one say it. It's like being in a relationship. Uh, and it's funny because the father is very much about, he is against being hot and cold. <laughs> you can't be a warm, lukewarm, double-minded. <laughs> but that's not him being double-minded. The father can't be double-minded. He doesn't want us to be double-minded. But that's not him being double-minded. He is seeing what is more important to you. If you can't risk losing it, then you're not worth having it. If If you can't risk losing it for my namesake, then you're not worth having it. Because I am the one that gave it to you. So if I ask it back... It's kind of like when Job says, he, said, he made a statement that I love so much. He says, God gave. He takes. So be it. To his name be, his, be glorified. He was the one that gave it to me to begin with. Like I say, you didn't have a life. <laughs> Everything you have, I was the one that gave it to you to begin with. Now you think that what I gave you is more important. That was the question. That was what, that's simply, that's, that was the test for Abraham. And the, the interesting thing about that was, that was bigger than the promise itself. Because through that, we don't know what could have happened. <laughs> But the father knew, that is one big thing. The father knew that Abraham had credit with him. What kind of man he was. He knew that I can trust him. 
He knew that he can trust Job. Can he trust you? Can he trust us? And we're talking about servant. We say it very proudly. And even in the verse, to go to back, to back to verse 1, it says, Through their faith, the people in the day of the old earn a good reputation. When I heard that, that was like a slap in the face. <laughs> it's like the people in the old, meaning the four, our four, forefathers, the one that they weren't children, but they built such a great reputation with the father because some of the stuff that they were pulling, <laughs> some of the move, bold move, and I think I come to the conclusion maybe it's because there's too many technologies in our days. <laughs> too many other stuff to do because, and I say that to myself quite often because I'm like, some of the miracles, some of the stuff that is taking place, the level of faith, the level of boldness that they carry, that they walk through, without the relationship, without a level of grace. But we have all of that. I think sometimes it can be a spoiler when you give your kids too much, but I guess hey, you got to give them. <laughs> when you give them too much, then they can create a habit of, you know, a spoiling habit where they're like, oh, you know, whatever. But that was, that is such a bold move. The father asking him the exact same thing he gave. This brother's been praying for this. He's been fasting for that miracle to take place in his life. He's been faithful. For years, for 25 years, the word says that he, would, he never doubted the promise. He, was, he stand faithful knowing that, hey, he said this, it's going to happen. And because of that, the father says, that, you know what, I'm not just going to give you this, the promise, I'm also going to reward you with Righteousness. He says, because of that, the Father granted him righteousness. Because of his level of faith. But despite all of that, the Father took him to one more task. Give me what I just gave you. Whatever you've been, you've been praying for, it. that's good. I know, that's really, really great. I want it back. And the interesting thing is he gave it back not even knowing how is that going to come about. He had no clue because maybe that could have been part of the process. That could have easily been part of the process. A, I'm giving it to you, I killed, and then maybe, A, the blood could have just built up other kids. Little children would pop up out of nowhere. We don't know. We don't know what that looked like. He didn't know. You know, now we, can, we have an idea because we're reading it, so it makes perfect sense. But for him, he had no clue what would have been the next move. He had no clue. This is what I've been praying for. I've been praying for this marriage. I've been praying for this job, for this opportunity, for this big breakthrough. And then right now you're asking me to give you right back, not even knowing? 
But the Father said, the Word says that He knew. This is the beauty about this. He says, He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which He also received Him back. So even after, He says, You know what? Because with Him, He didn't think that far. He's like, You know what? Since I know that God is able to raise people from the dead, maybe I'll see my son on the afterlife. Maybe I see him on the day of resurrection. Maybe I see him, maybe I kill him. He did not know. But he still knew that, hey, through the relationship that he had with God, he gave it to me. I did not mind giving it back because if he gave it to me, he owns it. It belongs to him. He owns it. If it's his, whatever he chooses to do with it, so be it. And it, it comes to one of those places. That's why like when we have to come to a place of God's children to say, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. What's the worst that can come out of the situation? I remember one time I was talking to Dr. Hardy when the whole COVID thing was really, really, I think it was like probably when it was early. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, really, really, really hot in the moment. And, uh, and I think it was both Dr. Hardy and uh, Apostle, and they mentioned something in regards to, I think the first time she said, uh, you know, Kirby, if it was up to me, because a lot of people were dying from left and right. <laughs> Honestly, up to me, I don't care. Because we know, I know, she knew. Hey, if I die right now, then what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? You know, Paul says, you know, I can't wait to just get rid of this mortal body that just keeps causing me to do the wrong things. What's the worst that can happen, you know? So, to have such a faith, you have to truly understand who you are. And, it, and it's beyond just, because it's not always about gaining from the Father. It's not always about receiving the promise. Because the promise is inevitable. He can give you the promise. He created the promise. He created you too. But it's more so about, you know what? How flexible are you? Are you willing to, nothing to lose? Whether you give, you don't give, so be it. I'm still your son. I'm still your daughter. And because most of the time we connected blessings with relationship. We're connecting the things that we have. Hey, if my bank account is looking fine, it's, it's bumping, okay, that's, I'm, 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 you know, I have favor in my life. <laughs> But when it's not, when it's decreasing, okay, the favor is decreasing. No. <laughs> the favor is not going nowhere. And it's so true because I'm telling you, the enemy will make you think that you are not doing the right thing. He will make you think that you are losing favor. You're losing grace. He will make you think that the relationship is disconnected. He will make you think you went in a bad situation before. He used that against you. Spirit of rejection. 
He will use that and to torment you. I know people that cannot go to the next level simply because something happened before. And ever since then, they got stuck. But you know the funny thing is? Well, not funny. It's not funny at all. (laughs) The crazy thing about it is the enemy knows just what right button to press. He knows just when to bring it up. He knows just when to remind you. Like you're having an awesome day, you're praying, you're, you know, or sometimes, and the funny thing is, I kid you not, sometimes you're walking down the street, somebody else is going through something, or an image of a person can bring a bad memory to you. A song, or um, even somebody being happy can bring bad memory to you, because he is always ministering, because there is still an issue that needs to be resolved. So somebody can tell you that you're doing awesome and then you still take it and think that they're cussing you out. But off topic, I just want to say this. <laughs> but it's important. It's really important because we have nothing to lose as God's children. There is nothing. One of my favorite verses, there is nothing that can separate us from the love. There's nothing. And he goes as far as not death. So if you die today and wake up tomorrow, that still wouldn't change how much he loves you. But I think a lot of t- <laughs> I think most of us might run because they would think that's a ghost. <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with that. But, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that person, according to the word, Still, God's children, God still love them. So y'all need to stop. <laughs> so y'all running away from things, but, and this is somebody's, you know, that's God's children. <laughs> so we need to be careful. <laughs> Let's not run away from them. Huh? <laughs> it's funny, I got to bring this joke. This is Wednesday service, so we can, you know, make, have laughter. Um, <laughs> one time, um, we were, ha- we had the training here. <laughs> she may not remember, but we had a training here. I think like it was in the beginning when the church ministry just started. And, um, uh, I think it was on a Wednesday we had a training here and I think, uh, somebody brought a question that, Hey, what if somebody, um, you know how we used to come up front, you know, to pray with people. <laughs> and somebody um, said, uh, well, what if somebody possessed, oh, I don't feel comfortable touching people. You know, what if they have stuff on them and I don't want them to transfer? <laughs> so, um, so they asked, well, if somebody is, has something on them, what do we do? <laughs> Dr. Hardy say, run. <laughs> and, <laughs> But it was a joke, though. I know she was, <laughs> she says, run. <laughs> run for your life. <laughs> ah, but the, that was funny. That's funny. So, but nothing can separate us from that love. So we have nothing to lose. And another reference in the Bible that we have <laughs> As somebody that literally 
that show us a level of faith was those three brothers. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. When I read it, it just shows again how powerful in Hebrew first, it talks about how the old, the elders, they show their level of reputation. They leave a mark. They left a mark. It says that, um, I'm going to, um, you guys have, it. there we go. I'm laughing too much. So, um, Daniel 16, verse 20. I'm sorry, I think this has to be, I might have had it wrong. But it says, verse 16, um, maybe it's Daniel 20, verse 16. Um, um, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replies to him. And the story behind this, before I read it, is that it says that it's uh, those three young Hebrews, they were, they were believers. They were God's men. They weren't God's children at the time, but they were God's men that had a strong faith and stin foundation on what they believe in. They believe in God, and they would not bow before no other gods. And there was, a, I guess, a, a decree that was released by the king at the time. And the king told him, hey, you know what? If at a certain time in the day, everybody is to bow down before the king or just bow down to worship the king, to worship the false god. But those three Hebrew who are God's men, they would not stand for it. They said, no, we're not doing this. We're not going to worship any other God. So in verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replies to him, King, this is a really hard name, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> there we go. Nebuchadnezzar that <laughs> it's funny because often when I, I used to say Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> that's how we say it but I, okay <laughs> this is English right uh, America okay get with the program Kirby uh, I'm not even going to say it again we do not <laughs> we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty hand. So they were pretty much telling them that you can do whatever you want. And we stand on our ground. We're not worshiping or bowing down before you or your God. And if you decided to throw us in that furnace, and that furnace was really, really hot. In fact, the Bible says that, uh, Scripture says that they literally increase seven times. 
Even the gods that went to actually increase it up, they got burned. But what I really wanted to show, want to show you is the level of boldness. The level of confidence. The level of faith and certainty. And the, the beauty about this, they said to go furthermore, it says, but even if he does not, at first they says, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty hand. He will deliver us from you. I have no doubt. Hallelujah. But even if, I know he can do it. He's done it before. I've seen him in action. But even if, even if he does not, we want you to know. (laughs) That's funny. We want you to know, your majesty, respectfully, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Even if, respectfully, I think sometimes we don't have to necessarily yell at people to tell them to be, conf- to be certain, affirm about what we're trying to do. Because when you make your decision as far as where you stand, that's, how, that's why it's important to know where you stand. In every decision you, make, you do, you have to educate yourself to know, hey, if this is him, okay, if I serve my father, this is my father, indulge yourself in knowing about the person that you are believing in. That way, when you make statement, you know what's backing you up. It's important because sometimes, a lot of time as believers, as God children, the reason why we are so afraid of losing a job, if the boss says they're going to fire you, you start doing a lot of crazy things because you don't know. When you don't know, you don't know. So you, somebody says they, they're going to do some crazy spell behind you, you start going crazy. You start praying more than you always used to. <laughs> no. You have to study to show yourself approved because then when you know that, hey, you know what, I know, I don't, I, you have no fear of what the enemy may try to do because you just know that it will not prosper. It won't take place. The word says 10,000, 1,000 on your side, 10,000 on the other. None will attain you because the Father's with you. So when you know that, so whatever warning or whatever threat or whatever it may be, we have no fear of what the, the world is trying to do against us. Him before us. Him before us. So when you know that, you can speak with boldness. I don't have to shout. I don't have to raise my voice. Whatever statement I made, I stand behind it. I'm not jumping, I'm not jumping, because I know that my father got me. So they said, if we're thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve, and the difference about that 
They said, the God we serve. But we say, the Father. That's even different. So we, which we're going to touch base on in a minute. They still talking from a place of servant, of servitude. Place of assertive, of servitude. You work for this company. It's not your company. But because you know that they have such a... <laughs> you're working at this company. It's not your company. You have no stockhold, no interest in it. They can fire you in two seconds. But yet because you know the company, how good they are with their customers, with their, with their workers, you can make... Do you know how... You can make bold statement defending them. And we do it so often. Oh, my God, I work for this company. I've been working there for 20 years. As if we own that company. Not knowing that we're literally next on the firing list. <laughs> we are. They've been actually working, especially with COVID. <laughs> they try to minimize their staff. They try to, <laughs> you know, too much money. They're spending too much money. So they, you are literally next on that firing list. Yet you are defending them. You are fighting for them. This is my company. Hey, I've been working there. I don't know if you guys ever had one of those experiences. Like when I used to work, um, I used to work, I used to do, I used to do a lot of funny jobs. Um, I used to work for a staffing agency. Like so sometimes they would send you places. Brother come from a long way. <laughs> I came a long way. But hey, I have a story. I have, you know, I have a story. I have a testimony. So they would send you places. So at staffing agency, they would send you places. So you find people that's been working there maybe 20, 30 years. And when you, work in, when you walked in there, they feel like they literally, they, oh, I've been working there. Like, uh, this is, it's like they trying to beneath you, belittle you. Because, okay, you just got here kind of thing. And I've always told most jobs when I go to a job, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm here. Do not count on me because I'm only there for a few days. <laughs> I give you maximum a year. And that's a, that's a lot. Most of the time, the moment I work to a job, I say I'm not interested on promotion because I've always had a plan. The father had a plan. I had a vision. He already to know, knew what he's telling me to do. <laughs> so I walked in there already with an exit strategy. I walked in with an extra strategy, which in any business, by the way, you should always have. <laughs> walked in, we started with an exit strategy. Um, worst case scenario, if you fail, at least you can you know, sell it or something. I'm just saying that. But, um, but he says, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your God or worship the image of God you have set up. Because it's one of those things we shouldn't, we don't just worship, we don't serve him, we don't believe in him when he answers our prayer. That's not a relationship. That is not a relationship. I only do because you do. That's not a relationship. That's really more like a, <laughs> uh, what was that? A contract-ish, yeah. Really a contract. 
I do for you, you do for me. What's that word you say? Is it uh, bargain? Not bar- barter. It's more like a barter. I will serve this for you. I can do, provide this for you. You do that for me. We're equal. But as a true relationship with the Father, a faithful relationship with the Father, is trusting him in him despite it all. He doesn't answer. He knows what's best for you. Maybe him not answering is because if he gives that to you, you it's not going to work well for you in that season. Or he's trying to take you to a higher place. He's trying to test, are you only after my hand, not after my heart? Are you only after what I can do for you? And honestly, most of the time, we as God's children, because we're spoiled. Remember I said that? We often fall in that line unconsciously, not even knowing. We pray because, we, oh, you know what? We, <laughs> I know I often do it. Not knowing. I pray, we pray, we fast for, for days. How many of you ever fast seven days just to grow your spiritual life? Okay, that's good. Hey, <laughs> that's good. Because most of the time, most people only pray or fast simply because they're after this breakthrough. Or turn around. Breaking that wall or break a chain. Though in our heart, we still know, okay, we are in a relationship. This is my father. But our intention, our motive, often doesn't align with the ultimate purpose of truly what that relationship is about. Oh man, I, okay, I feel like, okay, uh, I need some healing, so I'm going to pray for, I'm going to pray 10 hours every day for the next three days. I'm going to search every scripture in the Bible in regards to healing. But have you ever simply searched the scriptures in the Bible just about the relationship? I just want to know how much I love, he loves me. I just want to grow my relationship to understand my father more. So we do it. Often we do it. We do it so more than we even think. But the father knows. (laughs) He knows. You say, okay, they don't know. But I'm letting you know today, (laughs) straight from him, that we shouldn't only search about the things that he has to offer but we have to go all the way in. True worship. Because that can also con- transform into a strange worship. To only do because we want. And most of the time we don't think so. I mean, you know, I'm, we just pray because, you know, you know. <sighs> so many things. But if we're not careful, it can turn into a strange worship. It has a motive behind it. Can it just be that I just want to pray simply because I want to worship him? I just want to grow. I just want to know how much my father loves me. Can it be that? (laughs) So that's important. We need to sometimes fast forward 21 days just because I want to grow spiritually. I just want to hear my father clearly, clearer. I don't need nothing. I do not need nothing. 
If other things come out of it, and it always come out of it. Other things will always come out of it. And that's why Solomon, the father, was so pleased. Again, the verse goes back to this. How the elders, they created such a, a, a reputation before him because they were able to do things. And there's a lot of great great um, men of God in our, in our age that just after his heart. But it is time as God children to do just because we want to grow spiritually. Solomon, he could have asked for so many things and the father would have granted to him. He would have. Because Solomon didn't ask him. He asked him, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> it would have been different if Solomon said, you know, hey, you know what? Okay, you place me in this position. I need more. I, I, can you give me wisdom, brother? Can, you, can, can we do this? Can you add some more of this? But he asked him, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, Father, simply give me wisdom for the people that is right before me. He could have, the people that you put in my hand to lead. Since this is your mission, this is what you call me to do, please help. Because he could have asked for so many things, so many things, because he had a lot of people that was against him, a lot of other kings. He could have probably asked for some more wives because he had what? (laughs) He could have. He could have because he had so many. Maybe he wanted to add some more. But he asked for what was important in regards to what the father wanted him to do. So our motives has to be right. And a lot of time we don't know because we don't know. But we have to make sure that we change our motive where it doesn't have... Because when we do that, then the father can gives us everything else. When we seek him first. And it's a verse that quite often we say so often, hey, seek first the kingdom of God and, and all his rights and his righteousness and everything else will come, will be added. But when we truly go in deep with, you know, especially with what we learn in regards to, you know, five stages of, 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 of righteousness, and that is true relationship. When we go into our secret place, children goes into the secret place. So as children, when we go into, into our secret place, we just have to surrender it all. Father, I'm just here. I just want to be in your presence just, just because. Just because. I don't want nothing. Just because. So like Job was says, like Job said, he said, the Lord gave He's taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Because he understood he had nothing to lose. And maybe sometime we have to get to a place where everything is taken away. When we lose everything where it finally makes sense. Well, since I don't have nothing else to lose, you might as well. But that's not the place we want to be as God's, as his children. That's never the place we want to be. Well, since I don't have nothing, well, everything is already, 
All the jobs I've called, they already said no, so I might as well just sit down now and wait. We want to do that in the early stage. Father, I just, whatever, I just want to be in your presence. I just want to worship you, true worship. We have to understand that this relationship is not a I give and you give. You do for me, I do for you relationship. Because we have to realize that as his children, all these men. Despite all of this, all the act of faith that they did, they still did not receive the promise. They were doing those movements. They were, they were believing. They were stepping out on faith. They were trusting him. They didn't care about losing everything for his name's sake. Yet they did not even receive the promise that we are living in. The Bible says that they all died in not receiving the promise. But we are living in the promise. Yes. We can say that. Because when we say that, we know without a shadow of a doubt, whatever the the Father promised us, it will come to pass. So the question is not about whether or not he will do it. Because he's already, he already said that, you know what, I've given you the kingdom. It is the Father's good will, good pleasure That's what he wants to do. You did not create yourself. I, the Father, want to give you this. You didn't ask for it. You didn't even know how to ask for it because you weren't there when I was creating this. (laughs) So how would you ask for something you weren't even part of the table? (laughs) You weren't part of the table. You were not part of that conversation. It's like, you know how they said um, in in the corporate world or in the world, that often the reason why there's a lot of things that a certain class of people don't get privileged or there's a lot of laws that take place we don't have any say-so is because there's no representation in, our, in the table. It's one, just one group of people. Top one. So when you're not part of that table, you have no say-so. But glory be to the Father, though we were not part of the table... When he was in the table, it was all about us. <laughs> it was all about us. He had us in mind. In fact, the only reason why they were on the table was for us. So we have to understand that, hey, it's not a matter of losing. We got nothing to lose because it's already for us. How can we lose what belongs to us? How can we? You can't lose nothing. But when the Father called us, he called us into that higher place, to a place of the unknown. Stepping out of your comfort zone. It's because he wants to see where your heart is. Are you only about the next promotion? Yes, I want to give you that, but what about me? What about us? I'm trying to have a relationship. I want to get closer. I want to know my son. I want to know my daughter. 
How do I do this? I, I, okay, if this is what you want, okay, maybe that will cause us to have more communication. I'll give it to you. And then next time again, same thing. You only can't go back when you need again. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to give it to you again. But I really want to spend time with you. Those things, they're already for you. When I create you, I knew the type of person you were, so I already made them. <laughs> so that we wouldn't have any issues. But he's really after you. So when he's calling us to a deeper place, it's simply because it's us. It's all about us. He simply wants to know, oh man, I just want more from you. I just, I just, I just want more from you. It's not about those things. Those things will pass away. In fact, we're simply a resource center. So if, don't fight. Don't try to possess things that doesn't belong to you to, be, to begin with. As God's children, we only have access. We don't take and fill up our house. We have access. It all belongs to the Father. Like the word, like the apostle been preaching, we are a resource center. We have access. It doesn't belong to you. <laughs> it's like my, pap, my dad's house, it doesn't belong to me. But I have access. Full access. He granted me full access. Because he simply wants to use us to give to others. So don't focus on those things because there's so much more. The Father's calling to a higher place, to a deeper place, to a more relationship, to something where he wants to, the Father, the, the words talk sometimes about how the Father wants to reveal his secret to his children. But most of the time we only get the things, we don't get the secrets. Because our motive is, about, is after the things. Because often when we receive the things, we think that's everything. But the things are not everything. It's deeper. The word says, eyes have not seen them. So if you have not seen them, how can you ask for something you haven't seen? It's impossible. Only him can reveal it. But the revelation can only be through intimate relationship. Intimate relationship. Nothing, no motive in mind. So our job is to say, Father, you know what? I fully come before you. I am to myself. And the thing is, most of the time, because we've been in this world system, often we don't even have the, we don't even have, we, it's so hard to often come without thinking about things. But he knows, he searched the deepest things in our heart. If your true Heart, if deep inside of your heart you truly want to know, he will reveal himself. Because why? Deep knows deep things. Deep calls out to deep. He knows the deep in your heart, the deepest place in your heart. The things that sometimes you want to say, Father, I don't know. I, perfect example. I like to use myself as a reference. <laughs> I don't know if I, I think I probably already passed 30 minutes, but I will make this. This is going to be the last thing. I say this quite a Yeah, I've been past 30 minutes. <laughs> Uh, I've come to realize um, the Father knows the true intention in our heart. There are things sometimes we can't express. There are things sometimes we want to do, but we just don't know. Because simply because it might have been how we grew up, our surrounding, our circle, uh, things that passed, things in the past, things that hurt us, people that let us down. So he understands that. But he also knows the deepest in your heart.
So I was getting a lot of dreams. <laughs> I'm one. I tell myself, um, I tell anybody, if I don't correct myself, it's really, it's, if I got to a place where I'm not being corrected, more likely it's probably because I completely abandoned the Father. Well, all of us. Because he will tell us, like, if you're off track, he's going to tell you. You don't, need to, you don't even need a word of prophecy. That's probably the last stage. <laughs> you <don't> get <laughs> The word of prophecy is really the last stage. But he will, because this, the, the word says that um, the Father is always talking. The Holy Spirit, our ministering spirit, sent to those that are heir of salvation. And we are heir of salvation. And they will lead us into all truth. So because he's leading us, so I'm sure he's definitely going to tell you about things that is not that you're not doing, that you're, that you're off. He's going to tell you. So if you say you don't hear, it's because you don't want to hear. So I say that to say, I know for me, most of the time, the father's like, Kirby, I need you to go deeper. Because even when we think we're deep, there's always a deeper place. <laughs> even when we think, and whatever you think you're doing your best at, there's... 500 million other people that are actually probably so much better than you. And that's not a bad thing, but it's just that, you know, it's just there's always a higher place, a higher mountain, a higher place, a deeper prayer to go to, deeper. So I say that to say it's important when, the, when, your, when your heart is sincere, even and you may not be able to express it, even you might be clouded with things that is going on through your mind. Oh my God, there's so many things. Because sometimes you're praying and so many things is happening. First of all, you have the authority to tell yourself to be quiet. Tell your mind to pause. Stop. But if you haven't yet got to that place, the Father knows the deepest in your heart. That's, why, that's where sometimes he will probably send someone to give you a word. Because, okay, you're battling. I, I see your heart. I see you. I see you want more. I see you struggling. I see you are after me. So I know your truth motive. I know that last person that break your heart left, left a scarf and that really messed you up. I know your parents abandoned you. I know that you're searching for love and nobody understands that. I know that when you make mistakes, people hold that against you. So he sees those things, the things that you can't, most of the time you never express. So when people see you, they only look at that particular things in you. But the father says, you know, I see that scarf. I see that deeper place. I see it. I know it. I was there with you. So he understands when you struggle. So that's why he gives you a greater grace. Amen? A greater grace to overcome the things that you can't overcome by yourself. That's why he called you into a community of people that can minister to you, to pull you out. That's why he placed you in a place where people that knew love, people that authentically, that genuinely love you without judgment, that is him, that's his doing. Because he will place you in a place where you can truly experience true love. Because that's, ultimate, his, that's his ultimate motive. The things, those are extra things. But he simply wants to lavish you with love. So I say that to say that you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose by letting go of things. 
you have nothing to lose by even revealing being open. Because sometimes people look at others and they judge you based on, oh, you know, she's too loud, she's too open, she's too, you know, blunt or whatever. But they don't know where you, what you've been through. They do not know what you've been through. So your openness is you being free. Setting free is the Father working in you. Others don't have to understand that. You don't have to be ashamed. The Father's working in you. You got nothing to lose. They will talk regardless. <laughs> they will talk regardless. Promise. I, I, trust me. People talk. When you do good, you do... You have nothing to lose. To be blunt with your father. To open yourself. To let go. And allow him to work in you. Because that's his doing. That's bigger than the promise. That is greater than any dreams and hope or vision, revelation. It's bigger than that. Because most of the time, if you are broken, you receive the promise. The promise, will you lose the promise because... It's a broken child. It's a nepios child that is walking in it. But if you allow him to work in you, because you surrender, you say, Father, you know what? I give it all over to you. I give it all to you. You have it all. And as he's working in you, then when you got to the promise, you'll be a full equipped son. A daughter that can represent his character. Because that's more important. Because his name is on the line. His identity is on the line. So he doesn't want broken children to, to represent him. Because most of the time we don't want to always think that Christians are broken people. Because he is the ultimate fixer. You are, we can, we come before him just as we are broken, lost, hurt, that's what he wants. This is a hospital. But in any hospital you go to, you're hoping by the, by the time you leave, there is some healing take place. Amen? <laughs> if I go to a hospital just to remain sick, then I don't need to go there. You don't need to go there. So the job is the father is... but. The only thing you got to do is you got to allow the doctor to work in you. Allow the nurses to work in you. Allow his people to work in you. Because that's his doing. That's his job. That's what he wants. Let's pray together. Father, we come to realize, Father, that uh, we have nothing to lose with you. We have nothing to lose in you, Father. Father, we surrender it all. We let go of the things, Father God, that we've been holding on to. Maybe based on how we think people would look at us. Maybe based on what we think, Father God, we might lose. Maybe based on what, Father God, we're not sure of. If we try this again, then maybe this time we will lose. We will, we will fail. We will, we will miss out. 
But Father God, we've come to realize that the ultimate promise is your love. That is the first promise, Father. Everything else, Father God, or just add on. Your first promise, Father God, is that you love us unconditionally and there is nothing that can separate us. Father, in this moment, we open the deepest in our heart. Even the things that ourselves don't even want to let go. We're letting it go, Father God, and we give you place, Father God, and permission. We give your Holy Spirit, Father God, permission, Father, to work in us, Father. To work in us, Father, because, Father, we want more. We don't want to come, Father God, only before you when we need things. Father, we've come to a place where we're not only after things, Father. We are not after things, but we're after you. Father, we after your heart. We after understanding. We after your love, Father. We after, Father God, the fullness of you. And whatever else happened, Father God, glory be to your name. Because, Father, we know that we already in the relationship. What can we lose, Father? What can we lose? Father, we thank you. And we say, Father God, that have your way and the things in us, Father, that we can't seem to let go. Release it off our heart, Father. The things that clouded our judgment when we go, Father God, into our secret place where we can't seem to, Father God, let go of things and just bring all the cloudness, all the, all the heaviness, Father God. Set us free from them, Father, because when we, we want to freely go before you, Father. We want to empty ourselves, Father God. We want your love, Father, to take place. And we want to acknowledge, Father God, your love and fully receive it, Father, as you've freely given it. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah.